Welcome to the Wild Southern Podcast. I am your host, Mr. Red. The Nightshade Collective is not with us today. This is kind of a different episode. Uh, it's, I guess, a bit of an odd one. I think you can, if you're a regular listener, you can judge from my cho- or choice of music. It's just, uh, let's let this music sink in for a second. Isn't it nice? has such a dramatic ending it's very different from the uh from the asian pimp swag uh song and that's not that's what the song is called i got it from a from a thing and that's what the original you know the song that we use for the podcast is called but anyway okay so that's that song okay so (laughs) where do i begin first of all i just want to say this podcast episode is with tremendous respect to Shad Gaspard's memory, to the man, and to his family. Um, may he rest in peace. And I'm not joking. I'm not being facetious. He's not the subject of this podcast because I'm trying to, um, you know, like do one of our gooferies on something. You know, like sometimes we're ironically riffing on something or having fun or whatever. That really is not the intention. The fact of the matter is, I'll just be outright and say it. I had a very odd Sunday last Sunday. Today is May 22nd, and I don't even remember. No, you know, my math is shit. So I don't know what date last Sunday was, but it was the last Sunday from May 22nd, okay? Shame on me. My math is terrible. I didn't pay attention to math. But... I uh, I went to Venice Beach and I'll just say this because there's a huge chance that you're just listening to this podcast because of the subject matter of Shad Gaspard. Um, I'm just going to pretend you're one of my regular listeners and I'm just, you know, talking to you. But so let, where do I begin? Okay, so Sunday I went to Venice Beach and if for the listener that doesn't know exactly who Shad Gaspard is or what have you, I'll give you the brief rundown so I can proceed with this episode because this is kind of a different thing. I'm 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 rapping on a different level here. And I don't mean literally rapping, you know. I would never disrespect the art. But on Sunday No, you know what? Let me go way way back. Okay? Let me go back 10 years. I live in Los Angeles in in Santa Monica. And 10 years ago, I was profoundly... Okay, wait, wait, wait. wait. You know what? I apologize. Listen, full disclosure, I took a 58 bong rips before this because I felt like, oh my God, I might be doing some soul bearing here, which is never easy uh, until after you do it and then you feel good. But So I'm, I might be all over the place, but let me just give you the brief rundown of who uh, Shad Gaspard was. He was a wrestler for WWE. He was part of the Crime Time team. And unfortunately, on Sunday, he drowned. He, 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 he died. He, he was in the ocean with his son, and they were both in, in violent waters. And he, he handed his son off to a lifeguard and said, take my son. And he got sucked out into the ocean or something and that's terrible and then uh, you know later his 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 i i shudder to even say these things because it's so terrible but then later his they they found him and he was sure enough he was he was not alive and and that sucks and and that's not that's horrible um i'm i'm not I really, you need, in order to really just appreciate this particular Wild 7 Mr. Red content listener, you need to not think I'm joking, okay? I'm not joking in any of this. There's no, there's no joke. There's no facetiousness. I'm not, uh, just because of the fact that, and I'll be totally honest with you, fuckhead, and I'm saying fuckhead for a reason. There is a type of person that thinks they're above professional wrestling. I think that's the thing that I was really trying to get through psychologically in saying this and, and letting you know uh, you're not above it. If you're listening to this and you're into entertainment and you're, you're into cinema, you are not above professional wrestling. Professional wrestling is a fine art and a form of entertainment and, and sport in, a, in, a, in, a, in its sense. Um, I don't think I'm above it. 
I have a tremendous amount of respect for the people that put on wrestling shows from every, uh, you know, spectrum of, you know, you know, you know, like from every range of promotion, from the backyard wrestling, even though sometimes that seems is pretty crazy to to WWE and, and New World Japan and and uh, Lucha out of Mexico, all that stuff. I love it. It's fun. It's fun, and I, I look at it as the highest form of entertainment in a way. In, I don't even know. Fuck it. I'm not going to qualify it. It is the highest form of entertainment. That and cinema. Because you know what? Wrestling is cinema that you're just, you know, you're experiencing it. It's so, you know, fun and stuff. And it's a lot like I've heard it compared to ballet with violence. I've heard it compared to figure skating with violence. Uh, it's 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 a fun form of entertainment and I grew up in America so and I'm a boy so it was always sort of marketed towards me so um, in my own way I absorbed it and stuff I was never a super fan or anything nor am I a, I'm not a super fan of anything I'm only a super fan of me really to be quite honest with you but my my point being listener I'm not this is not a joke this is all pretty much me just being as real as I can be um and and just take that for what it is okay there's no there's no joke here uh i'm being serious because the fact of the matter is i was at venice beach on the day that this horrible 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 terrible event occurred um so and i'll get to that and and mind you and also i want to preface it by saying i w i was not there when it happened i don't want to tease you and be like I was there, but I'm gonna get through this I, I, long-winded thing, and then and then I'll tell you about it. No, I I wasn't there. I didn't see it. I, I mean, on it, I was gonna say I didn't see it. Thank God. Just, but I mean, dude, it's so bad. It's so that's so that's so terrible that this happened. Um, but and it's weird because the day that I had at Venice Beach that day. I'll get to it. I and the reason this this episode is just different is because I feel different. I I just feel like I need to sort of get this sort of out and stuff like that. And so I I will just say that my relationship with Venice Beach was always kind of weird and stuff like, you know, 10 years ago I was really angry. And if you know anything about me and you're a frequent listener and you've been listening for a while, you know I did some time in Twin Towers Correctional Facility, three weeks, which is nothing compared to what a lot of, you know, uh, poor black Mexican and underprivileged white people have to, you know, deal with. It's like legal slavery. I had, to, I saw it for a second pretty much, and it was enough to give me a good enough education on society and what have you. Um, I, I, I'm not hard. I'm not a gangster or anything like that. I, I say that, I went in a wad of cookie dough and I came out slightly stale and hardened cookie dough. You know, I'm still sweet. You know what I mean? You can eat me, but you might get sick. But anyway, so 10 years ago, I had just gotten out of jail and I was super, super, super angry and very toxic. And I'm a guy and I was 26, so I was pretty horny too. So it was just disgusting. It was like this disgusting, vile energy. And when I got out of jail, I... I was very, I was still crazy. In fact, when you get out of jail, especially Twin Towers Correctional Facility, which at that time, it was at the height of its, you know, corruption thing with that fuck-faced Lee Baca. I don't know what the fuck. I hope he's dead. I don't know what's going on with him. I think he got arrested or something. Fuck him. Anyway, um, I had just gotten out of jail. I was super, super angry, but I was very aware of the fact that, like, dude, I never want to go back there. That's hell. Like, I don't believe in hell in an afterlife. I believe in hell on earth. And that is truly hell on earth. Like, and if you don't believe me, just just go there, you know, and, and send me a letter. So the only way that, like, I could sort of get out my anger was, like, just by, like, singing rap music and shit. It was so... It, it, if I wasn't so angry, it would have been embarrassing if I was, like, you know, like... I don't know. Like, I'm not ashamed of what I did, which wasn't anything. But the thing is, like, before I went to jail, basically, just to give you the rundown on how I went to jail, like, you know, I was just insane and I was saying 10 million things to 10 million people and then I said the wrong thing to the wrong woman, very wrong thing. And, uh, you know, I, I, you know, I went to... Uh, you know what? 
I was just about to reach for my computer and like pause this and be like, fuck it, this is too much. But you know what? No, 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 fuck it. Okay, basically what happened was I was mental at the time and I was saying a bunch of insane things to people and I was running around town just saying insane things and I would run around Venice and say things and I went to the rich neighborhood where my wonderful tailoring shop is now and I said horrible things and eventually I got arrested and I didn't even know why I got arrested to be quite honest with you. I just ended up in Twin Towers and... My honest thought was, was it something I said? And when I eventually saw my, this is the quick rundown. When I eventually saw my attorney, who my brother found, who was a public defender. It's not like I'm this rich guy. Dude, if I was some rich guy, I would have gotten out. Like I could have bailed myself. I was like five, whatever. The bail wasn't that expensive. And um, because it was quite clear that I was insane. Like, and I was just wasn't dealing with my shit. And dude, I have a lot of shit to deal with. I have the weight of the world on my fucking shoulders, okay? So don't judge me. If you're judging me, just stop listening, okay? Thank you. So anyway, I, I, I went to Twin Towers Correctional Facility, which was a education unto itself. I got out even more angry and crazy just because, you know, in Twin Towers, I collected some stitches on my chin because I was beaten up and this and that. But I had to join a gang. I don't want to say why. And it was just, it was just nuts. And so I got out and I was insane. And the thing is, the, the important thing to, to remember is this is, Twin Towers was where I became Nas Red. I got the name red because my hair was dyed red. It was like punk red, which is as it is now. And uh, that's where I got the name Nas Red. And, you know, well, I got the name Red and I, you know, my name is Nasir. And so Nas and this and that. And so when I got out, I was super insane. And, but I was still angry. And so I would just go out and just like, you know, like sing to like really aggressive rap music and shit. And I would go to Venice Beach and then eventually I calmed down. I simmered down a little bit. And I remember one night I met a girl and she was really nice and we were just talking. And and mind you, I, I know I said earlier that like I was like, you know, angry and horny and stuff. But, you know, again, mind you, I had simmered down and also... Uh, when I, I'm, I'm, I'm not like a, uh, you know, like a creep. Like I'm not like a, like a, like a Harvey Weinstein, basically to put it in simple terms. Uh, when I talk to women, I enjoy, I enjoy conversations. And so I enjoy talking to women. That's what I enjoy. It's fun. It's a fun thing. So, so I was just talking to this girl and stuff and she was like, and, and the thing is I would go and hang out in Venice beach and I would just talk to everybody. I would I was insane and just talking to everybody and, and having conversations with street people, basically, because that's how I felt. I felt like a street person. I wasn't getting along with my family. I didn't feel connected. I had friends, but I didn't feel... I just felt like I was just on this, like, just the loneliest wavelength you can imagine. Wah, wah, wah. You know, I'm not, I'm not trying to feel sorry for myself. But I just, I just felt weird at the time. And this was 10 years ago, mind you. And I pulled myself out of that situation, as everyone should. Or whatever. Do what you got to do. But, um, and I remember one night... I went to Venice Beach and, uh, you know, I, 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 was, I was talking to this girl and she was just telling me about her life and she was like, yeah, I, re I, I re she wasn't like a, she, I was going to say she said that I ran away, but like she was like 20 something and she had like came from somewhere. LA is full of those people, like people that have come from Indiana or something. And she'd come from Indiana or whatever. I don't even know where the fuck she came from, but she had come and she was with this dude that was her boyfriend. And these were like these, like in Venice. And there's a type of kid like the, not kid, but like, you know, teenager, young person, 20 something, sometimes into their thirties, sometimes into their forties by 50, they're usually dead or looking like swamp thing. Uh, but there's this like type of like street person that's like punky like punk punk crust punk punk crust or whatever the fuck they call it and she wasn't like punk crust but her boyfriend totally looked punk crust but anyway so we were just talking and then she said like yeah i would do anything for like a notebook and then i was like you know what you know like and i was like you know i like I like being a you know I, I was gonna say I like being chivalrous but that sounds so douchey just to say it but you know what fuck it I'm not chivalrous don't hold me to that because I don't want to be a 
you know, like one of those virtue signals, as people call them. But anyway, uh, she said, I really want a notebook because she said she wanted to be a writer. And, and then I said, oh, okay, I have like a ton of notebooks at home. And then so then I went back to my home and I got one and I went back and I gave it to her. And then uh, we started talking and then I just, I left uh, because it just, it, I, I, I didn't feel good about the vibe. Like her boyfriend was there and I, I didn't want to, you know what I mean? Like, you know, like I didn't, I didn't want to want the boyfriend to think that I was like, you know, trying to mack on his girl or whatever. But the thing is at the time, maybe I was, I mean, I was so fucked up, you know, like, um, but I do remember at that time, I felt so disconnected from everything that after giving her the notebook, I went to my car, which was parked in one of these areas of Venice that it's like near the boardwalk. It's uh, when you first enter and they have some car, some, some meters for cars and stuff. And my, I had parked my car there and it was at nighttime. And I went to my car and I just, I, I just suddenly burst into, like I started crying because I felt so like disconnected from humanity. Like, I just did not feel connected to anybody. I didn't feel connected to my family. I didn't feel connected to my friends. I And I love my friends. Don't get me wrong. It's just sometimes you feel like that. Sometimes you just feel like you're on this lonely wavelength. And may, to be quite honest with you, maybe we all will always feel like we're on that lonely wavelength. I don't know. You know, but... Uh, and so I went home. And then the next night, I don't remember too much of what happened because this is what happened. I got jumped the next night in Venice. Um, all I remember was the thing, and I got jumped basically into amnesia. Like, I don't remember it totally happening because they fucked me up so bad. It was, all I remember was a bunch of white dudes just coming out. And I remember a bike for some reason. And then I remember my, I remember my view being on the ground and I remember feet like, you know, kicking my head and shit. And then I remember, and I remember all of this in flashes. And then I remember being at the intersection of Venice. I remember I stammered, I managed to get up and just bloody and my face was all like swollen and shit. Like it was just, it was bad. Uh, and I remember stammering to the area of Venice uh, where you, it's near the boardwalk. And then I just remember in flashes, like ambulance. And then I remember being in a hospital in Westwood and they stitched me up with these stitches that like dissolve or something. And then I remember, and then I remember, and then I remember, and then I remember a cop <laughs> uh, sort of coming up to me and asking me what happened. And I said, I just remember there were a, a bunch of white guys, sir. And I, I was just kind of like laughing about it. I was you know, because dude, the thing is, when you're when your head is assaulted so badly, and wrestlers, I guess, can attest to this, uh, you you don't you're not feeling shit, and so you're not you don't care that much. It's not like in a movie where you, what am I gonna do in the hospital? Like cry? Like I don't remember that much from it. And then the next flash that I remember is I remember getting out of the hospital, and then realizing that oh my god, I'm in Westwood because. Dr. Mo lived in Westwood at the time in on at the street called Weyburn. And or no no, he didn't live there at the time. He had lived there prior and when he lived there prior, we used to hang out there like and there was an in and out next to the hospital and I remember getting out of the hospital and seeing the in and out. I was like, "What the fuck? I'm in Westwood." So then I called Dr. Mo and I said, "Mo, Dr. Mo." Well, he wasn't Dr. Mo at that time. I said, "Mo, I think I got jumped." And he's like, "Really?" And then I said, "Yeah, I think. I can't, I don't remember." And the thing is, at that time, I didn't remember if it was in Venice or not because I just don't remember what happened. I just remembered a bunch of white guys and coming out. And, and, I, and I say white guys because that's what I remember. They were Caucasian men. What do you want me to say? Lie and say they were Chinese men? Do you want me to lie and say I got attacked by ninjas? That didn't happen. Four white guys came. A lot of my friends are white. Alex Rogers entered dimensional. Alex is white. I'm not being racist. I'm just saying four white guys came out. And I'm sure, you know what? I wish the guys well. They did me a service. Okay? Everybody needs to get kicked in the head every once in a while. Okay? So anyway. And so long story short, 
that was for for the time being i was like eh, maybe it's not the best thing to go to venice uh for for now and that was 10 years ago and then i remember five years ago or maybe a little more than five years ago it was when i was drinking at the time and i'm not gonna sit here and demonize drinking but uh uh I was drinking a lot at the time. Like, and by a lot, I mean just, you know, getting buzzed every night. And this was before I got Debbie and the Devil going. And I had, it was a little around, oh, fuck, I don't remember dates too much. I got to stop smoking on fucking weed. But I, I remember, I just did not feel like I was where I needed to be. I had no prospects of getting Debbie and the Devil made. I had no prospects of getting some sort of fun, creative thing going, which I have now, which is a lot of fun. My life is fun, you know, uh, because I'm creatively satisfied. That's the most important thing to me in my life, to be creatively satisfied. And I did not have that. And because I was drinking, and again, I'm not going to get on this thing of demonizing drinking, but I... Uh, I, I, because I was drinking so much, just, you know, sometimes if, you, if you're drinking every night, at some point you're going to wake up feeling a little depressed, I think. I don't know. I don't know the exact science of it, but I've heard. And I remember going to Venice one day and just feeling absolutely dead. And it was, and I, I did not have the red hair. Uh, I had just sort of tried to sort of just not be Mr. Red and just sort of, just be a regular person and I just felt completely dead inside and I remember going and I remember even just kind of just not tearing up but just just feeling dead it's a weird feeling I've never felt that since even you know like it was one of the only times I've really felt that which I guess maybe is a depression I don't know you know like because it, that's so not how I feel and if anybody ever feels that way I'm sure there's lots of avenues of help and I hope you get that help uh, but anyway and then now, cut to now. Hold on, let me, my, my mouth is getting a little dry. Let me crack open a diet root beer, okay? Thank you. Thank you for being patient with this because I, I just feel, you know. Thank you. Oh, it's good diet root beer. But, so last Sunday, I'm at a different place now from 10 years ago and I'm, very much at a different place from five years ago or six years ago or even a year ago. I'm just at a different place. I'm happy, which I don't even know what that means. I guess that's just a, a, a positive rhythm of life. But I feel like I've attained, obtained that. And the biggest reason why I am feeling so good is because of the fact that my movie Debbie and the Devil is almost done. We're really excited about it really 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 excited and i'm excited to show people i'm excited to finish these last beautiful finishing touches they're like little roses little beautiful rose garnishes on a on a, on a beautiful souffle or whatever the fuck and i feel great about life i feel wonderful and it's a weird feeling i like getting older i'm not one of these people that you know, doesn't want to get old or anything. I don't mind becoming an old man. It's okay. You know, uh, I don't. You don't always have to be the young person. You know, it's it's fine getting older. You know, and within Wild Seven, I'm the oldest dude. You know, and that's fine. Uh, but I feel, and I think part of the thing, the wonderful thing about getting old is perspective. You get a lot of perspective, and and the things that you thought were important are not so important. When I know you've probably heard that before, but it's true. You just don't care that much about things. And I love not caring about things. It's a wonderful place to be. I love only caring about my movies and my creative endeavors and Wild 7. I love only caring about Wild 7 and my family. And that's it. And Wild 7 is my family. So that's it. So I only care about my family. That's it. And fuck you. No, I love you too. I love the listener. But so I feel just different now. And so last Sunday, I just, I was like, you know what? I, I want to go to Venice Beach. and experience the highest chakra of love and i don't even know what that means but i'll tell you what it doesn't mean it doesn't mean like 
going to a place just to find some chick to fuck or something like that. And I hate to put it in those blunt words, but that's what I, I, I that's not what I was like looking for. I I just really wanted to 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 experience the love of life. You know, you can experience that in the forest by yourself. And I don't just mean like jerking off or fingering yourself. I mean like going to the forest and looking at the flowers and so many intricacies that go into those flowers being. It's really wonderful if you stop to think about it. And I know I sound like an idiot, but it's true, you know. Um, I know I don't sound like... It's about acquiring Pokemon. Oh, wait, that was Roger Ebert. You learn that the demon shall never die, and tonight we feast on the little lamb. Sorry, I, that's the last time I'll use that one because I've used it in the past episodes, but that's Ashley saying, you know. And that, I, I know that's not like, you know, a negative point of view, but that's my point of view. I mean, when you stop to think of everything, everything is so... Oh, God, and I shudder to say this, so wonderful. You know? When you look at an orange... And you bite into it. I mean, maybe you don't like oranges, but but let's say you do like an orange, and and you 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 open this this weird ball of orange skin, and you open it up, and then you bite into it, and and there's there's a bunch of these little bags full of fruit juice. The fuck? What is that? So wonderful. And I was just feeling like that on Sunday. I I just had that 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 this wonderful feeling. And so I went to Venice beach and I did what I usually do when I go to a public place by myself. I just go and sit places and people watch. I find people fascinating when observed at a distance. And I'm, I don't mean in some weird voyeuristic way. I just mean when you go to like a park and you just hang out, not, not a park with like for like kids, but you know, like a park is a bad example. Well, Venice beach, I just go sit and let life happen around me and hope i mean at at best i i get some sort of material for something or i see something incredibly interesting or i you know to have a wonderful conversation with someone or there is no at worst what bad can happen if you're just going and just sitting somewhere and just observing life and that's what i was doing and i i went to venice beach and and there's an ice cream place that sells these gold ice creams. That's one of their little things that they have. And it's a great ice cream place. And I was just sitting in front of the ice cream place. And, well, not just there. I would just find there, there are these little benches across the boardwalk. And I would just go sit at one, hang out. And then if I ever got, like, you know, bored of that spot or felt like I just needed to move my legs, I would just sit somewhere else. And a African-American gentleman, or he appeared to be African-American because he could have been visiting from Canada, I don't know. And he he came up, he he sort of he was walking at a cane and he was really cool looking and he was like, "Hey man, you have a long wind." And I said, "What's a long wind?" And he's cuz he had seen me prior that day sitting where I was. And he said, "That means you could just sit somewhere and just, you know, just sit somewhere for a long time." I said, "Is that good?" And he said, "That's very good." And I was very pleased with that. And that's 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 a wonderful, loving exchange. I don't know that dude, and I'm not a homosexual, and there's nothing wrong with homosexuals, but, and he was an old man. If I was a homosexual, my taste wouldn't be old men. It would be um, Barney the Dinosaur. But anyway, uh, it, 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 that was a wonderful, loving exchange with, with, with a strain, with a person. And, and uh, you know, and I have to be honest, I had a lot of loving exchanges, and they were with, mostly with women. Um, and I don't mean uh, none of them were sexual, but and I preface this by saying I dress very um, flashy. I wear a big red jacket. It's very bright. I wear a red hat. I have red hair. I wear, you know, big glasses. You know, I, I just I look like a freak. And so if you're a hateful person, you will look at that and fear me. But if you are a loving person, you will know that you do not fear Mr. Red. You love him. And so a lot of wonderful people, you know, I, a few people took my picture. Not that I'm famous. I'm not saying I'm a famous person, but I'm just saying, like, just because I looked like a freak, people wanted to, you know, a few, three people, I think, took my picture. And, you know, a, a few very kind women came up to me and said, I just love your, your whole getup. And I would say, thank you. And 
and I was just, it was just a wonderful day. And, and, um, and the thing is at Venice beach, they have, um, a, a drum circle that happens on Sunday and it was still happening. And, the the beach has just opened because of all this COVID thing. And that's why I was able to go there because I am not going to break the law, uh, listener. Uh, Mr. Red is a law-abiding citizen. And so this this dude was like, hey, man, you should go to the drum circle. It'll be fun. And I, so so later on, I went to the drum circle. And I went to the drum circle. And there was a, there was a woman there, very, you know, in, in my eyes, very, very, very beautiful woman. And... Uh, I, I was sitting by myself just sort of enjoying the drum circle and then she was sitting she 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 was sitting a little bit away from me and then this kind of scary I may perhaps to her scary looking guy came and then she sort of sat closer to me and said hey I'm gonna you know sit closer to you just so you know this guy thinks you know I'm with you so he doesn't bother me and I said yeah yeah that's fine and through that we started talking and whatnot and she was telling me her story and stuff and she was a very kind woman and you know we were talking and then she eventually had to go and so she left and then during the drum circle uh uh she you know we exchanged our info and whatnot and uh and no i just gave her my instagram but uh, and then during the drum circle this this uh very beautiful uh woman came with her friend and her friend's boyfriend okay and this woman there's a type of woman that goes to venice beach that's like super 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 just model pornography actress looking attractive or something and they just dress a certain way and it's wonderful and I have no problem with it. You're not hearing me complain. But they're, they're not like... They're, what I'm saying is on the spectrum of Venice people, they're the opposite of the punk crust kids. You know what I mean? And this woman was the exact opposite of a punk crust. Like she was just beautiful. And she started just going into the uh, dance circle and flailing her arms like a, like, a, like a flower child and just having the wonderful time. And so, and every guy, I noticed some guys would come up to her and try to dance with her and she would say, no, no. And just, you know, flare her arms. And then at one point... I saw her uh, uh, friend uh, uh, go up to her and say, hey, do you want to go? And she was like, no, I want to dance until the sunset. And I thought that was very an interesting thing to see. Now, meanwhile, there was a... There was a uh, I'm going to stop commenting on the looks of the women, okay? Because that makes me sound like an idiot and I'm not a person that measures people by their looks or anything. I think everyone is beautiful inside, even the ugliest of us. And I mean by actions, ugly actions, okay? But there was this other girl and she came up to me during the drum circle and she said, I, I love your, your whole style. And I said, oh, thank you. I love yours too. Because she had this like cool like pink streaks in her hair and stuff. And she wasn't like a punk rust kid or anything. She was like a, you know, I don't want to say normal person because what the fuck is normal? But, you know. And and she said, you're very beautiful. And I said, hey, you're very beautiful too. It, it takes one to know one. And she said, I love you. And I said, I love you too. And she kissed me on the cheek. And, and I just sort of, I was like, eh. and, and I said, okay, that in my mind, I like to go, I like, for instance, if I'm at a party, I like to go when, you know, it's at the peak, like, you know, like leave when it's good. And I, and I just sort of, I was like, go enjoy the drum circle. I wasn't like shooing her or anything. I was just sort of, I was just sort of like letting her know that I'm very satisfied with that wonderful exchange that we had, madame. And so she she went and joined the rest of the drum circle. And I, I proceeded to leave. And as I was leaving, I saw the friend of the dancing, flailing, hippie child woman and her boyfriend. And I said, your friend is intoxicatingly gorgeous. But I didn't... I, I looked at them for a second when I said this and left because I, didn't, I was hoping the boyfriend... He, he was... He could have known karate. You never know. And as I was leaving, this was at the end of the day. As I was leaving, I uh, there was this homeless girl that I had seen around. And she would kind of just like, I, when I would sit, she would s like sit around me or something, you know, like, I'm not saying because of me, but she, I, I had seen her around that day. And... As I was leaving, I felt so good. I just grabbed, 
you know, a few bucks from my from my pocket. And I'm not saying this to humble brag or anything about giving. You know, everybody should be giving whatever, you know. Like, I just felt that that's how I felt. I wanted to give. I gave her a few bucks, and she's like, thank you. And and, and I just, and I left. And as I was walking down the boardwalk, I was feeling so great, so positive that I leaned my head back, like in a movie or something. I watch a lot of those. I leaned my head back and just closed my eyes and just sort of felt the sunshine on my face and just I felt so happy and positive with the world and I thought that was the the highest chakra of love that that I was experiencing I was experiencing the the, the love of the universe and, I, and then I went to my car and went home and I you know told my family I said I had a lovely day and then later I found out that the incident with the late Mr. Gaspard occurred. And I'm always looking outward, looking inward, looking for, you know, like I'm always trying to just make it through the day and just trying to be as wise as I can. Trying to do the best things for me and the best things for the people around me. Um, But it... Knowing that the, the the worst day for somebody happened when I was experiencing all of that was weird. I mean, it's a it's a weird thing. It makes you stop to think for a second. Every once in a while in life, things happen that make you just sort of stop to think. And I I I stopped to think. And I guess in saying all of this, I realized that um, a, a father saving his son, if that's not the highest chakra of love, I don't know what is. And my heart, I'm, I'm, I, 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 I wasn't going to tear up because I would never tear up on a thing, but on a podcast or anything or a broadcast or anything, I will never let my guard down. Sorry. But I, my, my heart really goes out to the, to the son. That's, that's the, the most terrible thing and the wife and all that stuff. That's, that's really horrible that, that happened. And, um, I, I it is one, it, it, that's horrible. I, I, to, to, to think that, that, that happened to a kid, that's, that's really heartbreaking to me. I hate it when, someone doesn't have a, a mom or a dad that's like the worst thing even when they're adults and they're even when they're horrible adults it's just to me and and I, I i don't know what to say man like that's just the worst thing and i'm not i'm not gonna be so like dramatic and be like how could i have such a wonderful day and that happened and make me 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 you know it's not about that like i mean there is this thing in life there's that spectrum there goes that word again of of experience and i have no problem on my podcast sort of going on record saying i believe in god i i believe in a higher power i don't it's not necessarily within the framework of the christian mythology or the islamic mythology or the jewish mythology or even the voodoo mytho- uh, mythology, for that matter. It's it's my own thing, whatever. And and you can criticize, whatever. Who cares? I mean, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter what anybody thinks or believes or anything. But so at the end of the day, knowing, feeling that, I I, I never think death is the end. I never think like, you know, I think you just move on to something else. And and I. You know that kid has an angel in heaven with with his father. I I I don't care if that sounds uh, corny, and I I I'll pray for that kid every day and 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 his 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 wife and stuff like that. That's it's just it's just the worst thing, and I you know like I that's it. That's 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 all I have to say. In fact, you know what I you know I wrote little notes, just sort of little things that I wanted to uh get to and i'm looking at them but you know it, man it sucks
doesn't it? It's just the worst thing in the world to, to lose someone so young, him, you know, so young and stuff. And again, I pray for the kid and, and, and the family and, uh, kid, listen, if you're, cause you know, a podcast is evergreen. As I say on the podcast, it's always there. If you ever need anything, wild seven is here for you as I'm sure WWE is there for you. And that being said, uh, I guess I'll just announce it right here and now. Wild 7 is going to eventually. And if I could give it time frame, I would say around 2025. Around 2025 because the startup costs are tremendous for starting a wrestling promotion. But we are going to do a wrestling promotion for the children, for the kids. Not for, literally for the kids. It's going to be a little more adult. For the, for the young at heart. That's our audience, the young at heart. Uh, our stuff is a bit raunchy for kids, to be quite honest with you. But we are going to do our own uh, wrestling promotion. And it's going to be the Wild 7 wrestling promotion. It's going to be the funnest, coolest wrestling uh, federation uh, uh, thing ever. I have studied d WWE and, and wrestling my whole life. And not in any serious way, but I've always liked it. And uh, I listened to various interviews with Vince McMahon because I happen to think that Vince McMahon is a great man and if if you when if you're going to copy someone got to copy the best and so I listened to a few interviews with him and you I'm going to play a few clips of Vince McMahon and you tell me if you uh recognize a common theme in in these clips okay hold on let me just take a sip or well, I'll take a sip as I uh, play the clip but let me just see which clip is is which so you tell me if you hear a common theme and that's what i'm going to copy uh because i i, I love copying i love stealing shit okay so i'm gonna play some clips you tell me if you hear a common theme uh again when he's not you know by the way he's a great man do you hear the greatness in his voice okay go on you know it's important for us to protect uh, that intellectual property in terms of Stone Cold Steve Austin, then naturally he would like to be... Here he's talking about um, Stone Cold Steve Austin and the intellectual property of Stone Cold Steve Austin. And uh, this was this was a, from an interview in 2004 from this uh, fucking show that I don't care about. Okay. ...be able to take that and do what it, wh whatever he would want to. And, and that's what happened with The Rock as well, right? And you did come to an agreement, right? Where he actually bought the right to use his name, The Rock, from you. No, that's not true. Okay, that's hey, what, Vince, don't tell yeah. me about your business. I know what's going yeah, on. Oh, <laughs> Vince, you and me are such buddy buddies. Okay, the, the, the interview is... I, 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 I can't with the interviewer. Okay, I'm sorry. I, I had to listen to the whole interview today for this purpose to, to study the great Vince McMahon. And I just, with the interview, I can't. I can't. Okay, go. Moving on. He oh, brought right. the name from you. <laughs> no, and don't correct me, Vince. <laughs> I know. No, that's not what happened, actually. But we did give Rock a license to use the name The Rock uh, for Hollywood and things of that nature. Okay. So you heard what he said. And that was that, that you hear the greatness in his voice, you hear all of those wonderful things and whatnot. Okay, now let's play another clip. And you again, now listen carefully. You tell me if you hear something, com a common thread, and know that Mr. the great Mr. Red, Master Thief, the greatest thief since Lupin III, is going to steal this tactic because it will make Wild 7, April, uh, Silent Chris, the Nightshade Collective, all of us very, very rich with this amazing wrestling promotion. The, the character Stone Cold had a lot of help. I mean, you just, you just don't have a meteoric rise on your own in our business. I mean, people have to help you get there. And he had a lot of help. And certainly Steve would be the, you know, the first person to tell you that he had a lot of help to get there. So he led the way unquestionably to records that, uh, uh, that he surpassed all of Hogan's records and things of that nature in terms of merchandising and licensing. Okay, and okay. So, so that was another quote. Now, these next, these next uh, clips are going to be a little shorter, but you will hear... If now again, listen carefully, you will hear something, a, a common thread between all of these clips. A number of concussions, which is one of the things we have to worry about all the time. You know, back problems, neck problems, um, things of that nature. It, it comes. Okay, I'm going to play that one again. Listen to it. Well, no, I'll just play the next one because these are a bit much. Okay, hold on. Uh, I think Brock's concern was not so much the physical toll that it took on him, uh, the, the traveling and things of that nature. Brock. Uh, okay. Do you hear the common thread? I'll play. No, I'll stop playing them. Vince McMahon says things of that nature a lot. 
and that's what I'm going to do, and things of that nature. Wild 7 Wrestling Promotion is going to be the greatest wrestling promotion because we are going to rely on amazing talent and things of that nature. We are not directly challenging the great Mr. Vince McMahon and things of that nature. I respect him and things of that nature. And I will not uh, be a, 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 a disrespectful person to anybody I look up to and who I, you know, copy his moves a little bit. But Mr. McMahon, I feel that that there's enough, uh, you know, th that the world needs some variety and things of that nature. And that Wild 7, you know, we're, we're, we're cultivating a little audience, you know. I don't know when you're going to be listening to this, if you're ever going to be listening to this, you're a busy man. But uh, but Wild 7, you know what, it's okay, you know. Like, don't worry about it. It's like, we're, ju we're, just, we're just doing our thing. We, we made a little horror film called Debbie and the Devil. I hope you enjoy it. And we're big fans of you and WWE. I got Wild WWE streaming because you the man... Vince McMahon. But uh, anyway, so yeah. And you know what? Let's just let's just leave it with this. I'll just I'll just leave it with this. And uh, if there's any person out there that needs some form of guidance, uh, I can provide a little bit of wisdom that I got from the Tao of Wu written by the great Rizza of the mighty Wu Tang clan. And it is this. I feel and I I'm not alone in this. The Rizza is with me because he got this wisdom from somewhere else. I forget where. But that life is about attaining what Rizza refers to in the Tao of Wu and in his song, The Twelve Jewels. The Twelve Jewels. The life is about attaining the Twelve Jewels. Or as I like to call them, It's about acquiring Pokemon. That's Roger Ebert saying, life is about acquiring Pokemon. Um, and, and those are the Twelve Jewels, the Pokemon. And what are the Pokemon? The 12 jewels, or Pokemon. And what was that, Roger? What is life about? It's about acquiring Pokemon. The 12 Pokemon, or jewels, is knowledge, wisdom, understanding, freedom, justice, equality, food, clothing, shelter, love, peace, and happiness. And you know what? That's the show. That's, that's, it's just, it, 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 the, the events of Sunday left me feeling very odd and I just sort of needed to get all of this out and stuff. And so because of the fact that I just feel different and this is a different episode and every episode is a blank canvas for the great Mr. Red to the the Picasso of podcasting can, you know, like, you know, do a little thing or whatever. This is this is that kind of episode. So we're going to close on, you know, even just different music, you know, because Wild 7, we care. And we are going to start a, a wrestling promotion that's going to give back to the community and it's going to be the greatest uh, community wrestling ever. Let me let me let me give this sign off here. And and again, great respect to the family and I, I love everybody and I'm I'm sorry that that happened and and uh, fuck, you know, like this, I'm sorry. Uh, but anyway, uh, so you know, you can follow uh, me on Twitter at Mr. Nasred. Uh, on Instagram at Mr.Nasred. Follow the Nightshade Collective at Nightshade Collective. Um, follow their dog. Alexa has a dog called At Malls the Boss. And it's a cute little uh, dog. I forget what type it is and stuff. And you can email me at Nasred at Wild7Studios.com and April at Wild7Studios.com. And, you know, check out Debbie and the Devil. We're almost done. We're super, super, super excited. It's the greatest thing. I'm just going to keep talking until this song is done. Uh, yeah. Uh, life is about love, gang. That's it. That's all. And, and love comes in many shapes, in many different bottles. It's like water. Just let it flow. Be like water, as the great Bruce Lee once said. Just, just let it flow, man. And trust me when I say this wrestling promotion, this wrestling federation with WoW 7, it's, it's, it, I know it's violent, but it's about peace, man. It's about love. Love your man, man. And Vince McMahon, I love you, man. I love you and things of that nature. And I love everyone. I love Wild 7. I love Nightshade Collective. I love April. I love Chris. I love Silent Chris. You haven't heard him, but he's a good guy. He helps. He's a one, he's a, a mouth Rushmore of Wild 7. He's the, the, the uh, George Washington. No, no, George Stephanopoulos. No, he's a good guy. We're gonna, we're gonna get through this COVID, right? Shame on me for being in a crowd of people, but Venice Beach Open, I had to. You know what I mean? 
the Wild 7 wrestling promotion. Just think about it. There's cheering fans of, of uh, Lobo Rojo, the Great Red Wolf, the Luchador, the Mysterious Luchador. Surely, I am not Lobo Rojo. So follow us. And uh, I'm just going to keep going. This is a nice song. It's very inspirational. I think it's called Inspiration. And if you ever find yourself lost, just remember, in the words of the great Tupac, after every dark day, there's a, br- no, after every bright, dark night, there's a bright day after that, right? Thank you, thanks Pac. And uh, just uh, be safe out there, right? Wear your mask and stuff, and buy a mask from me. Buy shit from me, buy stuff, you know? Enjoy our content. This is a really long song, but you know what? Just love, man. Love, love, love. That's it. No hate. No fear. Who needs that? Who needs that? All we need is love, man. God damn it. Why is this love music so long? It's nice, but goddamn. It keeps going. But you know what? This was nice. This was. I'm happy I got all this out. You know? I'm, I mean, it wasn't easy. It's hard being me. It's hard being Mr. Red. It's hard giving and giving. Sometimes I think... My problem is I love too much, but that's okay. And I love you, follower of Wild7, follower of Mr. Red, friend. You're a good person, whoever you are listening. Um, I love you, whoever you are, you're a good person. I'm full of love. Uh, Let's just keep it that way. Let's try to keep it that way. So don't irritate me, okay? Thank you. And remember, gang, shoot a movie. Not a person.